0: a blister on my foot like every single day this week.
1: Well, stop it. I don't know what to tell you there. I don't know. Fucking How did you blister. get a blister on your toe? I don't know. What have you been doing? Working.
0: Uh, just working. Normal ass work.
1: Yeah. Oh, I feel like my eye is excessively tearing up. It just won't freaking stop. It's been doing it since like yesterday weird well i know it's not pink eye because it's not pussing up which would be gross it's just excessive tearing so there must be something stuck in there that i just can't see we're gonna do the expanse today right hell yeah hello and welcome to another edition of the seven day replay on seven days to rock and stone guardians today we're doing the expanse uh episode three i believe Oh, uh I guess yeah. one, two, three. Uh number three. This one is called Remember the Cant. So named obviously because of the fact that Canterbury was destroyed and now everybody is trying to remember it. <laughs> obviously not I can't uh, understand what you mean. Obviously not a great shut up. I hate all of it everything we just did. <laughs> so this episode and the original air date was, uh, December 15th, 2015. Oh, sorry. Premiered online on December 15th, 2015, uh, and aired actually a week later on December 22nd, 2015. Do you recall what you were doing at that time? Uh,
0: let's see. It's 2015. Uh, I've been married two years, week after my birthday, uh... I was probably working, frankly. That last like week before Christmas is just like the last like stretch before you get to to not deal with the craziness. So uh-huh. I am sure I was just working, trying to do my best to not work as much as I can
1: during oh. the holiday, which is basically impossible. Probably. Let's see, what was I doing? Fifteen? I was probably Getting out of work, going to uh, classes. I had night classes at the time. Let's see here. Let's take a look at some you know, video games that were possibly going on at that time, because we do love our video games. Sure do. Sure do, sure do. Um. So the 22nd is what I'm going to go with. Let's see here, let's see here. Um. Well, there really wasn't a whole lot going on. That kind of sucks, doesn't it? Minecraft Story Mode Episode 4 came out, I guess. Block in a hard place.
0: That's like one of the only telltale things I didn't actually play. What, Minecraft? The Minecraft Story Mode one.
1: But you played Minecraft before. No. Why have you never played Minecraft before? I don't know. I'm gotcha. Some sort of plebe. <laughs> some weirdo. I was playing it before, you know, your face got him. In my day, I, I played was, the Minecraft. I was playing it uh, during beta, I'm pretty sure, back when it wasn't oh. even owned by Microsoft.
0: Well, I guess I'm in the presence of royalty then.
1: Well, the best part about it is that I bought it at a really cheap price. And it just kept getting transferred over and Microsoft can't get my money. All $13 okay. of it. At the time, I think it was 7 euro, which at the time was only 13 bucks.
0: It's like 30 bucks now to buy that.
1: Is it? Yeah. Nice. I I only bought it for 13.
0: I mean, there's a lot more content now,
1: but still. I mean, I get the updates. Patches itself all the time, so. Well, aren't you special? Suck it. You better buy it. I'm going to buy it for you.
0: Well, then do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. So uh, I think we should go. I think we should do a little recap of what happened in the last episode. Unless you have okay. any fun games we can play beforehand.
0: Uh, let's see.
1: Fun facts, interesting theories, life uh, life I... stories
0: life stories. I don't have any positive ones so let's find some oh, fun
1: facts. Let's have some negative ones. No, let's not go into that. It's depressing. Yeah,
0: let's, let's not go to a depressing place today. We'll, we'll save that for the next uh, theory.
1: Sure, sure.
0: All right, all right, okay. This is from kidsactivityblog.com uh, 50 random facts that you won't believe are true. And I don't know if these are true because it's from a blog called 50 fun facts on kids' activities.
1: Of course, it's uh, for kids.
0: Yes. Uh, you fart, on average, 14 times a day. Each fart travels from your body at 7 miles per hour. I- I'm going to tell you a fact about me today. Is I definitely farted more than 14 times today.
1: Snapple facts.
0: Nice. Snapple Here's facts.
1: another Snapple fact. Okay. Uh, a semen comes out at over 25 miles an hour. <laughs> Which makes it illegal in a school zone, for more than one reason.
0: Okay, well that's uh, good to know. Snabble <laughs> <laughs> thing. Uh, when you sleep, you can't smell anything, even really, really bad or potent smells. Uh, they just don't affect you, I guess.
1: What? That doesn't. When that's you... obviously fake. Because what about smelling salts? They're supposed. To, they're know. supposed to wake you up from unconsciousness. <laughs> that yeah. one sounds like bullshit. Bullshit! I, I call like bullshit. bullshit on that one.
0: Some tumor, some tumors can grow hair, teeth, bones, or even fingernails. That is true. What? For a fact, that one's true. Uh, some of your tumors, they might have hair, they might have teeth. That sounds awful. It's, it's well, yeah. I mean, it's they're like uh, essentially a tumor is when your cell grows uncontrollably in uh, unpredictable manner. Uh, which is why it causes harm to your body because it's not growing the way it should and functioning the way it should.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And, that kind of uh, reminds
1: me of the uh, Butt Buddy episode of. What the hell is the name of that show? Paradise Something? Paradise Falls? What, it's on Netflix. Have you ever seen it? Paradise Something or other?
0: Uh, maybe.
1: God damn it. Now I gotta look it up. I thought you would have known right off the top of your head. Paradise. Netflix.
0: Do you know that? Paradise 20% PD. Of all the oxygen you breathe is used by your brain. I'm sorry. What was that? Twenty percent of all the oxygen you breathe is used by your brain.
1: Interesting. I imagine that well, that makes sense. Considering it's probably the most resource-intensive uh, organ that you have, ah. like a computer.
0: When you look at the bright sky and see white dots, you're looking at your blood. Those are white blood cells.
1: That sounds like bullshit.
0: That could be bullshit.
1: How? How would that? How would that work?
0: Here's a here's a fun fact. I'm about not a doctor,
1: but like your retina just. Oh, never mind. Whatever. Go. Keep going.
0: Well, I mean, I suppose I would need to more know more about uh, eyeball juice to like. I don't know juice. I I don't know about the juice that's in your eyes. I just know about the rods and cones. So I mean it, they could be blood cells in there. I don't know.
1: I, I mean there <laughs> are blood cells in there. We know that for a fact. I just I don't know enough about the eye to make a judgment call here. Keep going.
0: <laughs> uh snails take the longest naps, some lasting for up to 3 years.
1: We played that theoretical game where would you take ten billion dollars? But there's a snail that knows where you are at all times on Earth, and if it touches you, it kills you.
0: Yeah, I, I have I have a good supposition. <laughs> uh, let's say you you get told you can stay in a empty room, like a padded empty room, for a full year. That you get. You know what? However, amount of money you want, but That's you can't have any media. You can't have any any objects or things besides like the food you eat. Need to live. That's it.
1: Hmm. That's a good one. That is probably based on a short story that I think I read at some point in my past, where a. A rich man and a poor man were making a bet at a bar where the rich uh, where the rich man said that no one could survive for a year or three. I can't remember the extent of time that they needed to be there. I want to say it was like more than a year, like three years or something like that. He bet him like two million rubles. I think it was a Russian short story. So he bought, bet him like two million rubles that he could survive for several years without contact and that he would just you know sit there do nothing but read and and write and do whatever the hell he feels like really and i mean the story ended up being that the guy asked for books and he kept asking for more books and he kept reading and he started learning things and the guy provided food and luxuries and basically this guy just at the And, like, 15 minutes before the timer was to run out, the rich man said he was down to his last 2 million rubles and he was basically going to end up going broke because he had to keep this guy alive the whole time. So he ended up uh, coming up with a plan to kill him before the timer ran out. And when he got there, just before he was about to open the door and kill him, he realized there was a note on the door from the guy who said... Uh, I'm better than I was three years ago. I'm better than you and I don't need the money, so I'm out of here. He said it more prominently and and with a little bit more uh, sophistication, but he basically said, I'm I'm better than I was. I'm a better human being and I don't need the money now because I can... I'm so smart. All that jazz. That was an interesting short story, but I think that's the whole premise of can you survive for a Fifteen years or something like that, however many years it was i i would i if it was nothing, I was allowed nothing but food mm-hmm. and water, yeah and clothing
0: yep for three hundred and sixty five days at the end of three hundred sixty five days, you'd be let out and you could name any amount of money and they'd give it to you
1: what am i sit am I in a house of some sort
0: It's one room. One room, one room pad. One room, your food is delivered through a slot. It, you know, it has a separate little bathroom and it has like a, a fold out bed, let's say.
1: That's so, think it. think of it like um, that game show, Solitary. Do you remember? I have Solitary?
0: no idea what you're talking about.
1: So, look it up. See if you can find uh, episodes of it. Solitary was great. It's where they took nine contestants and they put them in basically an empty room all fluorescent lights the only thing that they had in the room technically I say technically with quotations marks was a giant screen and two buttons uh, one of the buttons was the acceptance acceptance button and the other one was the quit button and whenever they gave you the choice you had to choose the acceptance button to continue on or the quit button and you could hit the quit button at any time if you decided you wanted to quit, I'm pretty sure that they put these people through actual torture. And I can't believe they got like four or five seasons out of it. It was fantastic to watch. But that's what I picture it was a giant hex- hexagonal room, probably 10 foot, 10 foot. So not that big, all white.
0: Well, consider it to be like a, a fairly large room, you know. Okay, so we're so talking not about, not maybe. like a, a jail cell, like well, maybe like a, 20, a by twenty larger room,
1: like my living yeah, room. Like, like a living room, like my living room size, probably. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Okay, that's an interesting one. No, I don't think so. As much as I, I as much as I believe that I could make it as best as I could, uh, after about a couple weeks, I probably would be bored. You know,
0: I think I think I could survive without. Pre made stuff, but if I also was not able to make things myself, I think that would be impossible.
1: That wouldn't bother me too much.
0: Because I think, like, it, it, even if I didn't have something else to do, like I could, you know, draw something or write something. I mean, for, yeah, if, if I had, like, you know, like drawing materials or stuff like that, I, uh, I think I'd be able to do it.
1: Uh, If I had something, some sort of, if I was allowed to bring one thing, I could probably bring something that would keep me sane. But if I was allowed to bring nothing, I don't think I would do very well.
0: Now, if that room had windows, do you think that would change it?
1: Yes. That would change the stimuli for sure.
0: So if it didn't have windows, it would be a severe detriment.
1: I think if it had windows to the parking lot of a Walmart just out front of it, I'd be fine. Let's sit there and people yeah. watch all day long. Yeah,
0: I, I would say either that or like an airport. Like just an yeah. area where people walk through in the airport. It's I parked watch in the that. red
1: zone. It's just sitting there in the red zone where there is no unloading or loading of passengers.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't <laughs> believe this guy.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think... Uh, I think if there were a window, it would change the dynamic of the whole thing much better. Into a scenario that's much more manageable, especially okay, for let's, let's say
0: they offer you any amount of money with no windows, but only a million dollars if it's a room, same same concept, but it has windows.
1: I think that they should change the variable of time if they add a window as opposed to the variable of reward. Because if it were okay. only a million dollars to sit there for 365 days, it's not worth it. Million. Uh, okay. Okay. Not worth let's
0: it. let's use uh, a a 2022 uh, context of money since a million dollars isn't worth as much anymore. Uh, how about a billion dollars? If it were Big a billion B. dollars, yeah,
1: I'd sit out there for 365 days. Okay. That that's not that's a no brainer. A billion dollars—it's more money than anybody needs for four lifetimes, at least All four right. lifetimes. I should say.
0: Yeah, I think honestly, with a window, I, it would really like change it up. Even if I didn't have like a uh, drawing utensils or anything, anything to create something, mm-hmm. I would absolutely like that. That would be doable.
1: I think that the variable of time should change if you have a fixed amount. Okay. Um, or if you have the, the window, if you have the window, they should change it to five years and you'd still get the same reward, whatever amount of money you, you want. Although they can't really guarantee that because they can't just print money. Um, so let's say 10 billion window or no window would be the fixed amount. Okay. Would you do the Would you do the no window, knowing that you only have to survive for a year, versus a five year commitment? If you had a window, uh, I i
0: I want to say yes, but I feel like that would be so hard.
1: Yeah, it, I mean it's it's not so much the going through it that's probably going to be difficult. It's the commitment to five years. So five years right. at twenty is different. And then coming out with $10 billion at 25. Fuck yeah, I would waste the five years of my 20s sitting in a padded room with a window getting all the food that I need. No no uh, contact with anybody. Yeah, sure, for $10 billion, I'd probably make it five years. Because then I'd know I'd have basically 50 or so good years of my life to fuck around with $10 billion. If it were one year... Or if, let's say it's 5 years at 40 would you still do it I wouldn't I wouldn't waste that much time at 40 I mean
0: yeah that that real that's real valuable time yeah but also like as someone who you know when you get there you have like more experience with money so you make better use of the money when you received it so I
1: mean if I were at 40 did something like that and got out at 45 with $10 million. I'm, I'm certain that I would do a lot more with it. I do all things I never got the chance to do, I suppose. But then that's five years gone. There's so much more you lose out on. At 40, presumably, you have children you can't see for five years, they can't see you for five years. Can you deal with that emotional toll? It just changes oh. the dynamic of the thought experiment. when You keep...
0: that's true. I, you know, I didn't think about that. I, I know I don't have kids, but I have cats, and I'd be really upset if, like, one of them died while I was exactly. you know, in this room. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I have one dog who is 11 years old. Yeah, 11 years old. So I mean, there's no way he's making it to 16 in the shape that he's in. So, no, I wouldn't do it now. That's for sure. Would my, would my wife even be there after five, <laughs> five years? Right. For $10 billion, probably. She'd be like, okay, but I'm taking a lover. Something like that. I'm taking a lover. <laughs> well, that was kitty talk with Zelda.
0: I, I do have one last fun fact before we get to the episode. Alrighty, I'm ready. Okay. Australia is wider than the moon. The moon sits at uh, 3,400 kilometers in diameter, while Australia's diameter from east to west is almost 4,000
1: kilometers. That that is very interesting. The moon and the freaking Australia. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's get into the recap of the last episode so that our listeners can get caught up so that that we can talk talk about today's episode. Um, so when we left them at the end of last episode, um, the three plot lines that were happening at that moment, uh, the last one was the crew of the night had been, or the five people that were still left from the Canterbury, uh, were taken hostage by the Doniger. That was the last from them. The last we saw of them was that they had been taken hostage by the Martian congressional, uh, Navy.
0: The uh, flagship.
1: Yeah, the flagship of the Martian Congressional Navy. The uh, Christian, Avisarala, had interrogated a belter and believes that Mars has come up with stealth technology and is going to plan on using it as a first strike against Earth. Miller has uncovered some clues about Julie Mao as she, uh, sorry, as she had uh, been gone or got on the scopuli, the Ship, we find out that the Canterbury had uh, answered a distress call for and then was damaged. Or destroyed, I should say. Uh, Last we saw, James Holden had let out a signal to as many people as he possibly could to let everyone know that Mars was responsible for destroying the Canterbury and that they have a stealth weapon that is going to be used. That he was planning on using as leverage. To keep his crew alive to get them the fuck out of there. And I think that's it. Got anything else to add?
0: Um, uh, we see some expert uh political manoeuvring in this episode. We see I was talking about a recap
1: from the for, from the previous episode. Uh I think I've covered uh, covered most of it, right? I think so.
0: Yeah, that's
1: it. Okay. So uh, yeah, as far as this episode goes, this one's also this one was called "Remember the Cant," as we stated. Uh, the synopsis for this one is: James Holden and crew have been taken prisoner aboard the Doniger, uh, the flagship of the Martian Congressional Republic Navy, and they begin to turn on one another as they become as they are one by one interrogated. Uh, while continuing... That
0: definitely seems to be like the purpose of it.
1: I mean, there was excellent mind manipulation and interrogation tactics. Find something that they didn't know about the, the, the way that he goes about actually interrogating them was real unique or i won't say really unique but it was really interesting um from a visual standpoint of what was going on but let me finish the recap um while contending with riots on cirrus miller connects julie Mao to the mysterious derelict ship scopuli and avasarala engages in a nasty game politics with an old friend she's really good at um, manipulating things to get her way don't you think
0: uh, yeah yeah she, it yeah. Seems she knows expert. how
1: to she knows how to play the game as it were um, so the story picks up with Holden's message being retransmitted all over Cirrus. Uh it's a dramatic controversial and eye-opening message which implicates Martian culpability. For the destruction of the ice hauler Canterbury, um, so this ends up triggering an even stricter water rationing on the station, and in turn there is now major tension brewing between the belt and Mars, uh, tension that will lead to a violent rioting or violent rioting on Cirrus. and to the death of a main character at the end. Um, so let's start with yeah, let's start with Miller's whole thing his story. Let's start with the story on Cirrus right now. We open with Holden's message being transmitted across everywhere. So everyone did get it. So let's put that in our minds for a second here and think, okay, everyone on Cirrus, everyone in, on Mars knows that they were able to get a message out. But the five people on the night have absolutely no idea that their message made it out because they think that the jammer was still in range and could have stopped. Number one, one of those, how much information do you give a prisoner uh, while you're interrogating them so that they tell you what you want to know? The need to know, as it were. So, everyone knows about it. All the Belters are starting to blame Mars. Although, what's real interesting is the fact that they're still taking it out on Earth. If they're blaming Martians, why are they still taking shit out on 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 earth at this point
0: i mean it seems more like to me that anything outside of the belt is you know something they're going to see as a problem
1: i it, it i guess the motivation is still there to hate everything and everyone from earth regardless of whether or not your rage should be completely focused on mars now but Uh, Havelock, Miller's partner from Earth, uh, we see him go into a brothel to talk to, uh, I'm guessing, someone who seems to be helping him out learn a little bit of the Belter Creole, as it were, um, so that he can calm people down. Although, to be fair, if it is some sort of Creole, they should know that... forgive me for anybody who does speak French, but most French people don't really care when you learn their language. This is a real world example. Um, I won't say that they're all rude, but there's a there's a good majority of people who have run in who have had bad experiences with French people in general when it comes to interactions. So the statistics are there at least anecdotally, I don't know about actually.
0: I mean they they're they're not known for being polite.
1: I won't I won't bring up stereotypes. I'm just saying that there are some really nice ones and then there're just some really bad ones and unfortunately the bad ones are the ones that make the best impression. Or should I say the worst impression?
0: The deepest impression.
1: So the belters will probably just be pissed off at this guy and be motivated to just beat the shit out of him even harder. For him trying to calm them down in their own language, wouldn't you agree?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. They don't really seem to be the kind of people who see that as someone trying to, like, meet them halfway,
1: like someone trying to uh, give them the or hold out the olive branch, as it were, to try and understand. They just seem a bit stubborn from that.
0: They're they're just like rough people. Rough yeah. around the edges.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what ends up, it ends up coming to a head at the end. After all of the rioting goes on, and it seems like everything has calmed down, um, some street thugs from the Loca Grega end up coming up to him and then uh, strapping him to a wall and using what can only be described as a giant harpoon to basically shove a giant, rebar through him into the stone wall behind him and he basically is killed because I'm pretty sure that went straight through his heart.
0: Uh, yeah, it looks like it for sure. Yeah,
1: it kind of feels like it went straight through his heart and now he's hanging five feet in the air with a giant steel pole through his heart. I don't think he's going to make it.
0: I mean, they could have some crazy space magic
1: that, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but someone seem gotta, likely. Someone's got to find him first before he dies. So, um, elsewhere on Sirius, Miller is uh, continuing to search for Julie Mao, even though his captain uh, told him to sideline the case because of all the rioting due to the water shortage. I think what I really like about this show so far is how those those plot lines seem to continue on. And, and just continuously give us more intertwine and intermingling. I don't know if you noticed. Know, yeah, they're, they just... they're
0: really starting to to play off of each other instead of being separate.
1: Yeah, and it's not like they're coming out of nowhere either. It yeah. feels like it's real natural and fluid, the whole storyline, which is probably why this show did so well for so long. Miller ended up, ends up tracking down a man by the name of Anderson Dawes, uh, the charismatic and enigmatic edigm- outer planets alliance leader um who the hell was he played by by the way that guy is like from everything yeah he's a side character in a lot of stuff it's not even a side character in everything oh jared harris um i could think of several things i've seen him in uh fringe he was a really good villain in that one.
0: Oh yes yeah
1: uh he played james moriarty in the sherlock holmes Game of Shadows with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and um, Jude Law. Uh believe it or not he actually was in the Lost in Space movie from 1998. Do you know which character yeah, I mean, he played?
0: Is he the doctor? No,
1: that was Gary Oldman.
0: Oh right, 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 right. Uh is he the robot?
1: No, no, he wasn't the voice of the robot. Uh all right, I'm just going to tell it to you. He played the future version of Will Robinson. Should ah. Uh, it's, it's actually quite amazing because you can't hear his accent at all. When I first heard him on uh, Fringe, because I think that was the next thing that I had seen him in, I was like confused because he had such a really good British accent, and then I come to find out he's actually British. He's not uh, American, and his American accent is really good, actually. <laughs> Believe it or not, so check him out in Lost in Space, Fringe, Game of Shadows. He's pretty, he's a pretty good character actor. Although it seems to me he plays a lot of the same characters. Ah, whatever. Yeah. He does, he does a good job. Yeah, he's a good actor. Uh, so anyway, this Anderson Dawes, um, his Creole is also really weird. By the way, well, like, were you listening to him in this episode? Because he had a really weird way of talking.
0: I mean, the Creole, to me, is just... Gibberish. Yeah, I mean, was, I... you were
1: going to say it, that's okay. We can uh, yeah. <laughs> It's... Yeah. Uh, it probably is gibberish. Uh, well, I mean,
0: it's, way. it's yeah, just evolved dialectical, dialectical stuff. Yeah.
1: So he's the uh, leader of the OPA on Ceres, and he denies all knowledge of Julie and or being on board and or her being on the Scopuli. Uh, meanwhile, let's talk about the survivors of the Canterbury. Shall we? Shall we? We shall, we shall. Shall we? All right. So all five of them are brought on to the Doniger, uh, where we learn a little bit more about their characters in a, oh, I don't want to say peculiar, fascinating fashion. Fascinating and peculiar all at the same time. There's got to be a word for that. Ah, uh, peculiar. Uh, so when they're when they're brought on, they're sort of um, they're sort of uh, um, what do you call it? What's the word I'm searching for? God damn it! Help me with these words. <laughs>
0: it's more fun to listen to you struggle. I, uh, they're they're uh, interrogated.
1: No, they're not interrogated. They're like
0: oh, fuck. What's the word? processed
1: that's the word they're processed like yeah. they're like like some sort of uh cattle i assume that everyone's got a chip in their neck because she was like scanning their neck with that cool glove thing and then when she gets to the pilot all of a sudden it gives it like an error noise a clearly distinct error noise and yeah. and holden is the one who ends up like what the hell sort of searching over looks over to him and says what the fuck uh, so they're all taken to um, a holding cells, uh, of which they're, you know, sort Could of. you being...
0: say that they were taken to a in cell? Shut up.
1: Shut up. <laughs> Shut up.
0: Shut up. I've been waiting for opportunities like this the whole time. Uh-huh.
1: So they're taking to the holding cells. Uh, they end up putting all four of the ones who buzzed in correctly, uh, like Jeopardy into the cells, and then they're like, no, not you, you're coming with us. And we're all like, okay, what did he do? And I don't know about you, but I was thinking, like, is he some sort of, like, does he have fake credentials or something? I don't
0: yeah, know. that's basically the same thought I had.
1: Yeah, th- that's like what it seems. Like, does he have fake credentials? Did he not belong on the ship, the Canterbury? Is he some sort of illegal alien? I don't know how it works. But that's what I, I was thinking. You them illegal aliens. Um, and then we kinda, We obviously come to find out that actually he was a rec- he was actually in the Martian Navy for 20 years. I think he said, and he was honorably discharged, and then he just took up a job in the belt as a pilot. Because why the hell not, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, like you know.
1: Yeah. So um. One by one, it seems that they're interrogated. Uh, I think they interrogate... Who they interrogate first, actually? Was it Holden?
0: Uh, Was it the medic? Uh,
1: No, I think they interrogate Holden first, to tell you the truth. So they take him back, and then they ask him why he lied about them destroying the Canterbury. And then you start to think, well, okay, what happens if they're they're fucking with his head? Because I thought immediately, I'm like, they're fucking with his head to try and get him to admit something that he didn't actually do. And I really was like, okay, now I gotta listen more closely to figure out what they're actually going for here. Holden's like, no, no, I didn't. I'm not lying. You guys let us in with some fake SOS, and you're fucking with us. And then, well, first of all, that guy took a pill. What the hell is that pill? Have they mentioned that technology yet?
0: I don't think so. I don't recall them mentioning anything about it.
1: Here's me with my face saying, I don't think Earth's got a fucking chance in hell. With all of this crazy technology that Mars has available to them, Mm -hmm. first of all, they have stealth technology. Second of all, they have this crazy pill you can take. It's like NZT from Limitless. That makes you super smart and or telepathic of some sort. I it, it, Like, do they even have a snow snowball chance in hell? Honestly, based on the level of technology we've seen from Mars, it kind of feels like Earth is like...
0: I mean, they nuked a, a fairly large ship into basically dust.
1: T- but we don't know that that was a Martian ship
0: but we know that it is Martian technology.
1: We do I guess at this point we do know it is Martian technology. They end up they end up trying to rattle the crew by turning them against each other and they mention that Naomi is in fact an OPA sleeper agent. And so far it seems pretty pretty uh, crazy not to think that she might be. Do you remember And the, that
0: is like a standard like interrogation tactic too to use to yeah, to, to, to use Well, it's Divide Uh, and Conquer. Individuals against each other.
1: Yes, it's it's Divide and Conquer. As long as you put some doubt in their heads, they're going to start fighting each other. They're going to start revealing shit that they shouldn't. And then you'll have more information than you started off with. So, that's what's going on with them. So, actually, and and I'll get back to them in just a second, but we get to Christian Avasarala, who is talking to her old friend... So, Christian Avicerela gets together with her friend who happens to be the UN ambassador to Mars. Franklin DeGraff is his name. She ends up revealing some information because she can't get anywhere with the uh, UN Secretary General because they need actual evidence that Mars was involved. Like, Like actual tangible evidence. They just can't go off the word of some rando who sent out a giant announcement to the world or the galaxy system, whatever the hell you want to call it. She ends up lying to uh, her friend, Franklin DeGraff, who happens to be the ambassador, as we said, that Intel indicates stealth ships blew up the Canterbury that came uh, from Mars. Um, She ends up having Frank's communications monitored, and then when he ends up calling Mars, indicating that he was inquiring about the stealth ships and technology... Uh, what ends up happening is they they end up monitoring Mars communications, which ends up revealing that Mars is doing some sort of inventory calculation to find out whether or not they're missing anything. Uh, which,
0: which is definitely what you do when you're innocent.
1: Which is genius, actually.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Like that was extremely. a great great plan you start questioning, they start looking for whether or not they're missing something. Because, uh... And then from there, she concludes that Mars actually didn't know that the Canterbury was destroyed. So someone must have stolen the technology and or stolen ships from Mars with stealth technology. And, um... Has found a way to... I guess is testing it out. They're playing some war games out in the, in the belt just to find out whether or not they can, uh... They can use the technology advantageously, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Frank ends up realizing the trick because he ends up having his UN credentials or his ambassador credentials revoked, and now he's banned from Mars for life. Uh, And it sounds kind of like he was planning on moving there and retiring on Mars.
0: Yeah, they were going to go to the
1: Mariner Valley yeah so it sounds an awful lot like uh his friend kind of fucked him and she knew it probably would fuck him but she did it anyway um having said that if mars didn't destroy the canterbury then who actually destroyed the canterbury kind of feels like someone uh, is trying to start a war and from what we get revealed throughout the uh, episode, we kind of find out that it may be the OPA is behind it. But who's funding the OPA? That's what I'd like to know, because it seems exactly. like it's some fringe terrorist group, right?
0: It's it sounds like a fringe terrorist group, but it's it now seems like they're operating more like uh, like a government their own.
1: Like some sort of, yeah, semi-quasi-governmental agency. It kind of feels like they're a lot more together than they let on.
0: Yeah, else. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, from, from what we found so far, and then obviously Havelock's death is where the the episode ends, and we'll have to find out what what goes on in the next episode from there. But the questions from this episode seem to be, who the hell is planning all of this and we may have gotten the answer in this episode too it might be anderson dawes and whoever the hell he actually knows planned all of this from the very beginning and he may be working with uh sleeper agents that he has in the martian government as well as the martian army or navy and the un i don't know who knows how big his reach is But it certainly feels like we're not just dealing with some randos from the belt. We're actually dealing with sophisticated agents of a much larger organization. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting, and it's just starting to ramp up. So I hope everyone keeps an eye on it with us uh, for another seven-day replay when we get back with episode four. So
0: I mean shit shit really starts to go off the rails the next episode. I I ended up watching ahead a little bit, so Bastard. there's a lot to get excited about. Okay. Um all right. because like all all the like kind of slow paced kinda, kinda story building um starts to really pay off right away.
1: It doesn't even seem uh, like it's that slow, honestly. It, it it goes really quick. This episode in particular went really quick.
0: Yes. So um, uh thankfully like it's just good writing. So you're not noticing that it's like uh you know, a forty five minute, fifty minute episode.
1: Yeah, it's launching information at you, but it's launching it in increments that are easy to handle, which is good. Yeah.
0: Which is nice. It's very nice that like they're not just like shoving this like deep information at you, uh yeah. that you're actually able to
1: well it's not like Game of Thrones where it took me like half a season to start understanding everything well, that was happening.
0: Well, every single character in that has like three fucking names, so
1: <laughs> this, one, like, this one this okay. one it took me it took me only a couple of episodes to start to understand what is going on and to the extent of what is going on. There are obviously oh, still yeah. some questions, but those are obviously there for a reason so that we can continue to watch this enticing show.
0: So, so you can know what happens alright
1: alright everybody we will uh, We'll catch you on the next 7 day replay keep an eye on us for some more fanspiracy theories uh, we yeah, have another ruin one
0: your coming. childhood one episode at a time
1: yeah we have another one coming up uh, we did the Flintstones that was the most recent one that came out uh, the next one to come out is what did we do last time uh, Hunger Games Ah, yes, The Hunger Games. What a good one. What a good one that one's going to be. All right, everybody. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at 7 days Star S G, And catch us again later. We wish you Uh, 7 days to rock and stone, guardians.
0: 7 days to rock and stone. Later. Later.